Hey, welcome in to Talking Catholic, everyone. Um, today we have uh, another live broadcast of Talking Catholic with David O'Grey. We have Father Altman in here with us, and he'll be taking your questions. He'll be I'm responding to um, the recent events of the election yesterday. That's obviously still going on. He's going to be talking about his thoughts about that, um, how, how Catholics, how should we be responding to um, the likelihood of either situation. And like I said, he'll be taking your live questions. And he'll be here for an hour. And um, I know there are a lot of questions left over from last time. I know a lot of guys were asking about communion on the tongue and things like that. So um, I'll try to get to those. So we'll begin right after the um, eight-second introduction to Talking Catholics. So the Catholic Essentials today, make sure you have your rosaries with you, all right, our weapons. And also make sure you have your, your popcorn with you, okay? Two things. Two things you need. Rosary, popcorn. All right. Well, we can start right after the six-second introduction to Talking Catholic. Hey, Father Altman, welcome back in to Talking Catholic. How you doing? I'm well, sir. It's good to see you again. Yeah, yes, great to see you again. Um, so just starting off, um, what has been your your thoughts um, since you woke up this 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 morning? Yeah, uh, well, it's obviously hasn't gone quite as I had hoped for. Uh, I don't think I think there were a lot of as I said before, and I'll say it again, and I'll triple down and quadruple down. You can't be Catholic and vote for a Democrat, and yet we see a lot of people out there, clergy and laity alike, still supporting them, and now we see the results of this, and they, you know. Uh, you know, I could go on and on about decades of study on socialism and uh, the infiltration in the church. and uh, the, But bottom line is, the only way people are going to get it through their heads is if they suffer. And I see suffering <laughs> coming. Suffering's a good thing. Uh, you know, it's the greatest. I have eight pages of suffering quotes uh, because it's the best teacher. And so I share it with people because everybody suffers. And they, they, you know, the question becomes, well, why? And uh, when you find out that, that you know, even, even Jesus, God's only son, had to suffer, why do we think we're immune from it? Uh, but when all is going well, everybody just, yeah, it's, so suffering's coming. You can just see it. Even if, you know, even if Trump wins Nevada, which I think would then make him be the next president, that's the one state that seems to be really still in play, with only 67% of the votes counted, um, it's still going to be a rough go. Uh, so, I mean, we've, we've endured for the last four years every possible thing that the left could throw at him. You know, first they start out with the Russia hoax. It was a lie. It's a condemnable lie. It was, you know, made up. It's, you know, the Eighth Commandment does count. There are ten, and God doesn't say nine out of ten ain't bad. No, the aces don't bear false witness. They knew it when they did it. They started planning it before the election was even taking place the last time in 2016, and they have yet to be held accountable. You know, again, I'll tell you who should be breathing. The biggest sigh of relief today are the Democrats because isn't this next round we would actually then bring people to accountability? Comey. You see him wearing his Biden shirt. Comey, you should be locked up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, I forgot where I was. What was I saying? I didn't know. I saw mad at Comey because he's a liar. Oh, I know what it was. So first you have you have the whole Russian hoax. Then you have this whole impeachment thing. It was relentless, resist and obstruct. And then finally, they said, okay, you know, when you look at how this whole COVID thing came about and what they did to people mm -hmm. and how they misrepresented that, it's like four years we've had to endure their oppression, lies, and manipulation just to get, just to, for them to barely squeak out a, right. a victory now. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think the American people are just sick and tired of the lies, except, except you know, some states massively into the democrats i'm thinking are you crazy people i have i won't say i have loathing but you know we're god gave us a brain we're supposed to use it so we need to be informed about the truth of the matter and, and demand the truth and uh i am nothing but disappointed and i don't you know i don't call it stupid and i mean, say i just loathing for stupid people i call it lazy they're just lazy and uninformed and they're under, it's not because we can't be informed if we make the slightest bit of effort, but it's just uninformed. And I have no patience, no, uh, no, it, there's no excuse. If you, if you look at um, 
President Trump's rallies, you hear about his support. I mean, he had he has so much, he has so much support still today, he has so much support. And so I think yeah. people, most people went to the polls voting for President Biden. I mean for President Trump. And yeah. then people who voted for Biden, I think either they were just habitually voting Democrat or voting against Trump, either or. But yeah. I'm hearing a lot of some some exit polls coming out and saying like 62% of um Catholics ended up voting for President Trump. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. So that's some some bright, but I was I was as well. I was talking to this about on some someone um on, on Guadalupe Radio ne Network with um um Joe McClain the other day. Yeah. And I was talking about you know since you since you came out and you inspired so many <clears throat> other priests to step out and make videos and say the name, do not vote for Joe Biden. But I noticed yeah. a lot of bishops. I think fifty fifty four was a count did at least at some point in time say we should not you know abortion is the preeminent issue. You know, but Great. none of them really said the name. Do not vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, would that made a, What do you think that made a significant difference? Even seeing now that sixty-two percent of Catholics may have voted for the president, yeah. just right. saying, you know, because you know how we have to we have to speak the sin sometimes. Like we don't say, yeah. "Oh, I have I have a problem with self love." No, I'm having a problem with masturbation. Sometimes we have to call we have to call sin a sin, right? Yeah. So, yeah. What, what what impact would it have just to say the name, right. Joe Biden? Exactly. The uh, listen, as I've said so many times, Jesus did not go through all he went through until he was confused about anything. And the shepherds are not supposed to leave the people confused about anything either. What we see, what we have, is a bunch of cowardice. Uh, and and here's why. If you ask me for an opinion, this is my opinion as to why so many are cowards. So you said fifty, you know, but there's like two hundred and fifty active bishops in the U.S. There's so that's like twenty percent, right? If something not Truth is nine to nothing on the Supreme Court. I mean, we just, that's, an opinion is five to four. So there can't be uh, equally valid opinions on either side of this issue, right? right? So when you're dealing with intrinsic evils, evils versus things that are debatable, uh, intrinsic evil trumps all. But what we didn't get is 80% of the bishops standing up and stating with clarity intrinsic evils can't support it. The entire Democratic Party is an intrinsically evil party. Can't support it. 80% of them didn't. Now, did even the 20%? Too little, too late? I heard there was a great archbishop. I have a, a great deal of respect for him. Uh, I think he just loves Holy Mother Church. But he just came out with, uh, recently, like in the last week, I think, finally a statement that, that made it clear that freedom of religion and, and uh and um, abortion are the two big issues that we got to pay attention to. Well, okay, too little, too late, guys. Too little, too late. And I think one of the reasons why so many others wouldn't say anything, even if they felt it, is they didn't want to offend their brother bishops. Um, you know, there is this club. <laughs> you know, it's in every organization. Okay, fine. But we're called to teach the truth as Jesus taught the truth. And when Paul and Peter didn't get along, didn't, they didn't agree. They they said what they had to say. There's this, you know, the, the cardinal sin. You can do anything like James Martin's doing, spouting off heresy. You can be a British, uh, German cardinal and bishop and spout off heresy, promoting, leading people to sin, leading e eternal souls to utter damnation, and nobody will say booty right? Yeah. Nobody says anything. But boy, if you criticize them even once, whoa, they get all shook up. Yeah, How yeah. dare you criticize? Well, it's, and you see, that's the problem then, because they won't criticize each other, even when somebody's blatantly, grotesquely in the wrong. Right, right. And some of them are. It's so obvious. It's like, like it's black and white. There's no gray here. And so what happened is way too little, way too late. And as I said before in the LifeSide interview, I said, listen, if, if, if Biden wins and that godless heretic, that imposter of a Catholic wins, I blame the bishops and the blood of the babies is on their hand, as well as the eternal souls. You know, here's a, the only saving grace I can have with regard to our precious children, unborn, not yet born, is maybe God will lift them up and take them to himself. Uh, there was two millennia of confusion on that issue and the what really happens to the unbaptized, yeah. uh, unborn and, and born. Yeah. Uh, but... But the fact of the matter is, at least we can have, you know, some sense that God would take his, his innocent children to himself. That is not the same, is not going to be the case for 
people beyond the age of seven, maybe that's the age of reason, uh, that uh, are that choose, as Jesus said they would, the broad road to destruction. And and those shepherds that are leading them, like Pied Pipers leading the lemmings down the broad road, they're going to burn for it. And uh, and you know, oh, we don't want we don't want anybody to go to hell. Neither here's a memo to all of them. Jesus doesn't want you to go to hell either. Right, he right, said, right. many of you are going to choose hell. Well, okay, that's your issue. That's your problem. But but we, if we're going to be faithful, have to call them out. So it's too little, too late. And, yeah, and right. I put the blame squarely. It shouldn't even be close. This should not even be close. Yeah. You know what's nice is that 63% of Catholics finally did. Because something like 53% of them voted for Obama the first time around. Yeah, And, yeah. and that's because every shepherd was, it, I, I can't say it's gotten much better. Uh, fortunately, at least Catholics are now. If, if yeah. what you said is correct, a big part. A big part. It had to do with um, the Hispanic turnout in places like Florida and places like yeah. that. Um, that. That definitely helped a lot. Let's get to um, some questions here. So, um, Christine Vaughn, she's asking Father Altman, um, can you give us some scriptural context how to accept a leader who is a Catholic and who participates in evil? Right. One of the, <laughs> this might not be what she wants to hear, but do you remember in first, in first Samuel 8, where Samuel tries to tell the people, listen, you don't want this king. You do not want this person. And and they kept convincing about it, right? And then they know we got to have this guy. And, uh, and then, so finally God tells Samuel, well, all right, you tell the people. Yeah, okay, you're going to get your king. But when he starts doing A, B, C, D, and E, very socialist very uh, Nazi-esque, when he starts doing that and you are upset about it, and I'm not going to listen to you. I told you so. That's it's one of God's best I told you so's in all the sacred scripture. So um, for Catholics who participate in this evil, uh, beyond the age, of, older than the age of seven, there's no, there's no real excuse for this. Um, and you can't say, here's, a, here's, a, you can't, you cannot say, well, but the shepherd, told me it was okay right because because you, that is exactly the excuse the nazis used when they participated with hitler's extermination game. well i was just following order right i would just listen if somebody opens a door down the broad road to destruction that does not mean that you go i can go down there because he said it's okay right so yeah, when yeah. when you see all this gray being painted everywhere um jesus said here's the thing jesus said seek and you will find he promised us that that's sacred. That's straight out of the gospel. So if we seek the truth, we will find the truth. Right. And and ultimately, it's it's uh, you know truth under love, which is self-sacrifice for the good of the other. And that's not what I'm seeing in about so many people today. Is it such selfishness? Yeah. yeah. So scriptural for those who do wrong, um, we can forgive, right? We forgive, like God forgives everything always, so long as we say we're sorry. Yeah, uh, we can forgive them for their the error of their ways and their 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 culpable. I love that word. That's a good word. Culpable failure to seek and find. Yeah, but ultimately, it doesn't matter whether I forgive him or not. They, he is the one that has to forgive him, and and he's only going to do that if they seek repentance. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. said many in few. I don't know why people don't get that. So. Uh, for, what I say is uh, being Catholic means something. And in fact, Archbishop Chaput had this great line. It goes, uh, for Benedict, he's talking about Benedict XVI, you don't have to openly and notoriously do something that's gravely ill, seriously ill, gravely sinful, to be an apostate. You just have to, uh, how do you put it, if you just support it or, or say nothing in the face of evil, right? To say nothing. And uh, and of course that's you know that's what uh, Edmund Burke said the great philosopher it's I think uh, is it Santanai said it's on the on the wall of Auschwitz when you first go into the first building something to this effect that it, it all it takes for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing yeah and uh, and and that's see that's the problem now what's happened in this election is too many shepherds did nothing yeah or, and, or I think that, and I think that's um, the next question here. Um, Vanilla, 22 Vanilla Latte. That's a heck of a name. Um, <laughs> question, question for Father Altman. Can you please clarify Catholic social teaching for us? 
I hate how the bishops call abortion a social issue when it's an intrinsic evil, non-negotiable. Yes. yes. Thank you, Vanilla Latte, because you are absolutely right. There are five non-negotiables. We know what they are. And see, here's, oh, okay. So, you know, but I've said before, I can't get myself into any more trouble. And if they don't like the truth, that's their problem. That's not my problem. Right, the right, truth right. is what the truth If I happen to speak it, so the USCCB, I don't know who was on this particular committee that produced this document of those 47 issues of the mm. voting guide, right? So you know, I was I was being sarcastic when I said, thank you, USCCB, because you, you did name the three intrinsic evils right right near the beginning that, that they even it said was Biden was wrong on them. So, uh, but don't confuse the issue. Don't paint Battleship Gray all over these other, you know, the whole issue, but all whole scheme of things by, by you know, adding all these other fake categories. Look at start and end with the intrinsic evils, because if you get those wrong, nothing else matters. So for a bishop to suggest, I, get, I just saw something. Oh, I was on the, was it on the back of James Martin's book or in his tweet where he was thanking uh some people some i won't name their names uh for their support and i'm thinking you're a shepherd of the church the supporters and and supporting that wow wow good luck with that one on judgment day yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I you know just for the sake of their own soul you think they'd be a little bit more concerned so i, I have questions about whether they really even believe in god or the judgment of god or yeah. the justice of god how, it's, how funny, it's hard to believe whether they actually believe hell is real yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it I is hard. Fatima is such a wonderful thing because her blessed mother showed the children how. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus said many are choosing to go there. So what right. part of hell? Yeah. I don't know. Melissa um, has a question here. Melissa Belcher, I'm going to relate to this. And, and uh, someone else asked another question about, so I'll bulk them all together. So Melissa is asking, um, Father Altman, how do we get the hierarchy to hear us? And there's another question before this, um, talking about the, our church offerings or our tithes. Is that some people will say, well, you know, we don't, we're not, we're going to just stop giving our parishes money or the diocese money for their fundraisers until they until they start doing their job. Is that? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it sounds so Protestant, you know, that because that's really you, if you're in a denomination and they don't like what you're saying, boom, they they fire you. Mm -hmm. um <laughs> right yeah so uh but here's the thing um, how do you get the hierarchy to hear us i am perplexed why since in the last 50 years the largest growing denomination are ex-catholics how that doesn't how they're not hearing that the sound of footsteps walking out the door and the door slamming behind them they're not coming back to the catholic church they've left what part of that are they not getting here's something here's a ridiculous example so there's this guy named uh, he was a cardinal archbishop of i think it was belgium and his name was i'm not pronouncing this correctly i don't know daniel so it's d-a-n-n-e-e-l-s i think is how you spell it and he's the one that was caught in 2010 covering up uh, a sex abuse by another bishop of the bishop's nephew oh and do you not know this? A true story. And then, oh. and then come to find out, the same bishop in Belgium was also abusing another one of his nephews. Oh. And there's there's a cardinal of Belgium who had been there like 30 years, and they catch him, the, the newspaper catches him, the media catches him, on. Uh, they have a mic on the victim. The victim comes, and, and you hear this guy saying, uh, this, this Daniil's, well, you know, that bishop's getting old. He's going to retire in another year. What good are you going to do, Chief, by, you know, telling on him now? So just wait until he retires. And they have, they have this recorded. So it's a big scandal, right? Big scandal. So, so who shows up on the balcony when, in the 2013, when the white smoke comes out? But it seems to me it's Neil's right there off to the left. And then, and then, so then he dies recently, maybe a year or so ago, year, two years ago. A telegram comes from the Vatican. He was a zealous pastor for souls. Because during the time that he was where he was in his job as head honcho of, of the country, attendance went from something like, and I'm not making this up, went from like 100%, because that's what it used to be for all Catholics, down to about 
And and you you call that a zealous pastor? Are you kidding me? That a zealous pastor's trying to bring them back. Wow. So, so if they so it says, wow. how do we make the hierarchy here? Listen, if that exodus does, if they can't hear the exodus, the 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 steps of the many leaving, like how can we expect them to hear anything? What part? What percentage is it going to finally? Are they finally going to you know wake up inside? Hey. Well, this little experiment we've tried since Vatican II has failed miserably. It has destroyed the faith of the people. So how are you going to get the, the here? God, well, your guess is, listen, if I knew the answer to that, well, <laughs> yeah, here's what I would say. But this is one thing that the faithful truly can do, and that's this. They can, you know, it's, it, this is not, I'm not making this up. You, you vote. You vote with your pocketbook and you vote with your feet. So I always say, find seek and you'll find jesus promise you might have to make an effort i used to drive 50 miles one way to to go to where i was being fed the faith uh mm. as opposed to milk toast nothing and um find the pastors find the pastors and then support them support mm. that particular parish uh and uh, otherwise otherwise it's just business as usual why should anyone come to the only thing that seems to get their attention is money but even that you know they just paid out billions for or the horrible handling of the the big scandal. So, I don't. What gets their attention? I don't know. How can you have Paglia? You know who Paglia is? You know this yeah. guy. He, he's the one that did that mural, yeah. right? He's in the mural. He has this renowned artist, renowned for not good things. Paint that picture with him in the mural. I just no. I was with some people the other night. Um, great people. Great. Uh, two of the sons might. Might even they're open to the idea at least that maybe they could hear God's call to the service as one of His ministers, and so we're at dinner and I don't know how this all came up, but uh, they hadn't really heard of Paglia or this or this mural over in the back of his church. Oh. So, so I said, well, I don't want to scandal. They were all older. I mean, you know, twenty-one and seventeen to twenty-one, right in that age group. So it wasn't like I was going to scandalize them. But I said, so, okay, I just got <laughs> out my cell phone, and all you have to do is Google Paglia. In mural, those two words, and there it shows up. And you see Paglia there, right? And somebody's massaging his back with his rear hanging out. All in the back in a church, on a church wall. So who? Do, so what happens? Kevin Farrell puts him in what? Head of McCarrick's own old roommate for six years puts Paglia as the head of family. What's a JP two Institute? And and then he then what does he say? He fires everybody, I guess. And and uh, you can fact check me on this. I don't want to speak anything but the truth. Uh, fires everybody, and then he says, "We're not going to teach you Monte Vitae anymore." Okay, right. so what? Well, how deaf are these people that they don't get that truly faithful Catholics have had it, and they're walking out the door? Listen, it's sometimes it's a struggle for me. I think if this is what the Catholic Church means, I don't want anything to do with it. If that's what it means, except thankfully for whatever reason, I know that's not. But oh, there you go. Yeah, see, there it is. I don't know how you do that. You're much more savvy at this than I am, but. <laughs> Yeah, see, there he is, right there. I can see him. There he is, and there's that picture of that. Wow, that's staggering. Yeah. You see it? It's the upper right-hand corner. Yes. Yeah, yeah you, you're even making that little white thing go. <laughs> that's yeah. Paglia. That's him in his purple hat there. Wow. Do you know what the, the artist said? The only thing Paglia would not let him paint on that picture were two people actually copulating. That's what he said. So, well, oh, thank you. That's like a, that's like a big favor. Don't don't have that up there. But I mean, right, pretty much right. everything else. I mean, that's about as close as you're going to get to that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so suddenly he's head of the JP two Institute for Family Life. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. So what? Why is this being allowed to go on? What what chunk of people in the hierarchy are are behind all this? Uh, they've allowed this to happen. But you know you know the Saint Galen's Mafia was a truth. Daniels was the one who coined the term, and you see it in his biography, his authorized biography. So, uh, yeah, so this is what we're faced with. Listen, if I thought that's what the Catholic Church was, I'd say I don't want anything to do with this, right. except I know better. And a lot of Catholics woke up this morning. You know, just looking at the map here. You know, we don't know when yet, but a lot of Catholics, you know, woke up this morning, and you know, the ones who are, who, are, who you know love the babies in a womb whose hearts were just, just mourning because they know the consequence of the Hyde Amendment of the Mexico City Act and how even though, you know, the Senate is still in control, you know, we still have the Republicans still have the Senate. Yeah. Uh, part, out of president, he can use so much money throughout the world to just yeah. 
extra, you know, yeah. the push to abortion, the LGBT agenda yes, throughout the world. A lot of Catholics yes. just woke up this morning, just just sick, sick. at the thought of that. Yeah. And she asked this, um, or he asked this, asked this question: How can we keep our hearts and souls focused on God when so much madness is all around us? I don't want to focus on my anxieties and affect my children. But I think a lot of people, Father, are just, I mean, just sick to the stomach and maybe even depressed right now yeah. at the thought of yeah. what could happen. I know. Uh, here's the only consolation we ever will have, and that's that um, time on earth is short. Eternity is a very long time. All that God asks us to do is be faithful. Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta had the best line. It goes something like this. God does not ask us to be successful. He asks, he asks us to be faithful or he calls us to be faithful. So no matter what's going on, you know what's right and wrong. We've had it so good for so long that, you know, we haven't really faced the ultimate persecution. We've been persecuted. Oh, yes. The little sisters of the poor were persecuted. Um, that baker who wouldn't bake a cake out and, and, and Oregon, what, yeah, $135,000 award or something was yeah. overturned. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what's coming. I mean, in, in Canada and in England and the UK, you can get arrested just for speaking Bible passages. We haven't, we have not yet gone to the point where, like, in Mexico in 1926, where they're really, they're, they're locking the churches down, they're shooting you. Oh, the communists, yeah. yeah. So that hasn't happened yet. It's not that they don't want to do that to us. <laughs> Oh, it's in, it's in the back of their mind. They want that popular world population down. So yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. The so here's the thing: we our, our time on earth is short. We just have to be faithful here, not successful. So we can't be um, can't blame ourselves for the madness of the world uh, unless we haven't prayed enough. So if if you haven't done your hour a day devoted to God Almighty alone, then then you share some of the responsibility. Mm. We have to do. We have to devote an hour a day to Almighty God. He gives us 23 other hours. We better be, if we're not doing an hour a day, we can look in the mirror and say, well, I'm partly to blame. Mm. And uh, because if you're doing your hour a day, you'd be less afraid to speak. You'd be so filled with grace that that would shine forth in everything you said and did. And you would be a witness of your faith unto persecution and unto martyrdom. The world would hate you. Right, mm -hmm. so uh, what I see is a lot of Catholics who are distressed, like this person, not not saying she's the, or he or whoever it is. Uh, ha have they done an hour a day? So if they haven't, well, then you, it, it's it's not too late. It's never too late to you know redevote yourself to holiness, sacredness. Turn off the TV. You do your hour a day. Uh, the other thing to be aware of uh, is apart from the fact that we're just here for a short time, and God doesn't call us to be successful. He also doesn't call us to be the savior of the world. Jesus already has done that for those who will follow him. He's saving them, not everybody. He's yeah. saving few because only a few will follow him. So I have to keep, listen, I have to keep telling myself this every day. Jesus is well aware of exactly what is going on when 10,000 of his babies are going to be murdered on Saturday. He is, he is well aware. Listen, hell's coming. It's, it is coming and it's coming faster. And you you are so awesome, Father Altman, at giving me uh, some great segues because you just you keep rolling into these questions. And so, and, uh, so <laughs> Melissa, she asked, Father, what are your thoughts on the great chastisement? What is the impact of election on the chastisement? Yeah. So uh, there's um, some visionaries, some private revelation that talk about the three days of darkness. Padre Pio believed in it, and I have to think he was he was quite the, the Superstar, I hate to use that word, it sounds so secular. Uh, we've known throughout all of salvation history that when the people turn away from God, bad things happen. And, uh, and, and the good suffer with the bad, uh, unfortunately. And then you have to ask yourself, were, were they really being good enough? Were they devoting their hour a day to God? Uh, Any time... There's, there's been a real turning away. Look at, you know, again, the big, the obvious ones, Noah and the flood, you know, Abraham and Lot and the, the cities on the plain. They get, 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 look at the bargain. God said, if, the, if you can find Abraham, I'll spare those five cities on the plain. And of course, once you take out Lot, his three kids and his wife, yep, no more. There wasn't 10 left. Boom, gone. Rising up in smoke, it. Abraham looks over the mountain and sees Yeah. You know, you have the first attack from the Assyrians of the northern kingdom when they had abandoned God and brought the abomination in the temple. You had 
585 with Nebuchadnezzar coming in, when the southern kingdom, Judah, with Judah and Benjamin, when they came in and wiped them out. Uh, the, in, in, in 70 AD, uh, you know, oh, this is so poetic. In 70 AD, they, they, they've crucified Jesus. And then what happens? There isn't a stone left on, on top of each other in Jerusalem. And like at minimum of 600,000 were just men, women, and children just wiped out. You know, it's not good to flaunt your sin in God's face. Uh, so, so something's coming. The uh, something's coming, and, and you know, God often uses his enemies to chastise, chastise those he loves. Yeah. So, so who knows which enemy is going <laughs> to bring but it up? I mean, I, th I think the tough I thing for a lot of on this, but uh, I think the tough thing for a lot of uh, faithful Catholics is that you know they go about life, do the right thing, vote pro life, uh, vote in the best interest of the church, vote to not persecute their church, yeah, and then a majority of people. They have to suffer for the actions of majority people. It's, it's I mean, this our, this is, you know, that throughout history, that's always been the, the Christian. You know, we go back to the, the first years of the persecution, you know, first 300 yeah. years, you know, yeah. we suffer for other people's evil. Yeah. But it's, um, it's a tough pill to swallow, right? Sometimes. Well, you know, I don't think it used to be, but we've become such a pansy society, such a wimpy society, some, such a bunch of wimps. That oh no, listen, it's nothing like it was in Mexico. It's nothing like it was in Nazi Germany. Nothing like Russia, China. You know, it's nothing like this. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it's on the it's on the it's, listen, it's picking up speed, going downhill. It's on that tra trajectory, uh, and uh, it all we you build your spiritual arcs and you build your temporal arcs, and then if God wants you to survive this madness that's coming, well, it'll happen. Uh, so, but the living will envy the dead. I think that's one of the warnings we've heard. Uh, the suffering is an okay thing. We're so afraid of it. But what was it? Was it true survivalist? If we only knew how much grace came with suffering, we'd be begging yeah. God for more of it. So, okay, so so it all it's going downhill, now, right? We know this. Darkness is coming. So here's what, here's what I, the ultimate answer to that question is: So what? So what? So what? Okay, if this is the problem with the COVID response by the bishops as well, is nobody, nobody yet. I think I'm the only one that I've ever heard say this. Well, so what? So what if we get sick? So what if we die? But now when you find out that percentage, when it was 176,000, I think it was, were the number of confirmed cases. Never mind how many, you know, millions were actually out there or whatever. Um, when when we discover only about ten thousand was like at that time it was like nine thousand five hundred had actually died of COVID. What they're scaring us with, what they've done, what the media, left wing media who hates us has done, is they they've they've created a lie, the big lie. You say it often enough, people believe it. That came right out of Goebbels and in, in, Goebbels, uh, Hitler's propaganda chief, to tell the big lie big enough enough times, and people will believe it. Yeah, this yeah. whole business about the the deaths by COVID is a big that lie and yet they've they've orchestrated the shutdown of the globe and destroyed people's lives that, that nobody's ever paid nobody mentions that hey where's the shepherds where are the shepherds saying speaking up and saying these people are lying to you they're they're using fright scare tactics to 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 destroy the economies of people which is going to destroy people right and right. and it's going to create this so long ago i learned and studied this and you learn it that that the 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 people who know what they're doing know that in order to destroy democracy and institute communism, mm -hmm. you have to take a democracy and in a really short period of time, make it completely insolvent yeah. and make the people and use fear to get the people in line. Yeah. What they have done, and this is completely intentional, is that they have orchestrated this whole COVID hoax uh, to to then look at and look what they've done in like two weeks time. They shut down the globe. Oh, you can. This is not accidental. This is all part of Satan's plan to rule. I don't know if you heard Bill Gates. Bill Gates was talking about there's going to be a couple more. Yes. Oh, yes. Now that he's got us, now that he's going to maybe have the head honcho in the White House who's very willing to say national lockdown. How stupid people. If I am irritated with people, if I get seemingly angry, it's because, listen, you're affecting everybody's life, not just mine. I don't care because I don't care. So what? But if heaven awaits, if we actually listen, we actually believe that. Like if we have faith, we believe yeah. that there's a better thing coming. Right. So right. Be now, no matter what, 
Right. Yeah. And here's a good here's a good question, Father, from um yeah. Michelle McDermott, because I think a lot of people are Michelle's talking about my my um, father, my own Catholic son, and his wife both voted for Joe Biden. She feels that she can't even talk to him about it. Yeah. He talks about the environment. So and I think yeah. there's a lot of people, even some people's own spouse. And I think some people are maybe waking up today and maybe it's tough for them to love the person who, you know, that that's in their house or in their family just because they they feel so passionate about the they don't want the country to go in this direction, but they yeah. feel betrayed. I mean, I know yeah. people who are married to someone who who voted for Biden and they're Catholic. Your spouse is, and they feel like you voted against my church, and this is, yeah. is, is you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's tough for some people. Yeah. Well, here's they might not want to hear this part of the message, but it is what it is. I didn't say it; Jesus did. Divided a household, he didn't say I'm going to divide regions of a country. Uh, he said I'm dividing households: father against son, son against father, daughter against mother. Right. And the thing is that when you when you understand the culture in which Jesus said that, the division, the family, that was that was like unbelievable to the culture back then. You just nobody separated family. Blood is thicker than water. They, this whole family bond thing was so much more profound than this than our culture today, which yeah. you know, families are very fluid. Uh, unfortunately, that's not God's plan. Anyway, um, for the for. For that, for Jesus to say that to those people was cataclysmic, earthquake, you know, fall into the sea, massive uh, a statement for him to make. Uh, that, but that's what he said, and that's what he came to do. So can we, uh, uh, we can't be surprised that there's division in families when Jesus, when Jesus promised it. What do we think he's kidding? Was, was Jesus kidding? I, I. He look at everything he said. He's not kidding. So, so if you find division in your family, uh, it's going to be and it's divided on truth versus untruth. It doesn't mean that you're not going to love that other person. All, but, but all you have to do is double down and, and and pray and fast for him if you really love him. Pray and fast because you know look at Elizabeth Lesur in forty years. I think it was some huge amount of time she's praying for her husband who's an atheist. Right? You know that story. Yeah, True yeah. story. And and then he she dies and on her deathbed says, Well, you're gonna be a priest one day. And he just scoffs at her because he's an atheist. And then he finds her diary and realizes Reason what she Jesus. did for him. And yeah, boom, yeah. converted priesthood. So that's um, yeah. so if, if that's what if we're concerned, if we're genuinely concerned about the eternal souls of our children rather than oh, let's just get along in this life. Okay, that's never been promised either, by the way, getting along with your children, or vice versa. <laughs> it's good. Tough love is telling the truth and saying you got to learn to deal with this. Here's the thing. So, like, so let's say you have kids that are cohabiting. Do you go visit their house? Absolutely not, because they're cohabiting. They are living in sin, and your appearance is an affirmation. Like, I, I still love you. It's okay. It's okay that you're, you know, not only are you sinning and putting your own soul at risk, but by your terrible example to everybody else, your um, you're endangering other souls too. Mm -hmm. Our example, I mean, I'm sometimes a very poor example, but but at least uh, hopefully I'll recognize it <laughs> if I am. The uh, what the the parents that's because I hear this all the time. Well, my children have they're not practicing the faith. They've left the church. Well, I don't know. You spending your hour a day with them when they were growing up. It, this is where it gets a little sensitive. Did you, as a parent, spend an hour a day with your kids focusing on religion? Was there a, a set place in your house that was sacrosanct? This is where we pray. This is our, our home chapley kind of area. Uh, was that going on in your family life? Because if it wasn't, why are you surprised then that kids leave now? If you weren't living your faith that profoundly, where that took precedence over everything, not Saturday morning soccer practice yeah. or weekend games away, Oh, no, no, no. If, if you didn't, and then, or and here's what I say, well, you, we sent them to a Catholic school. Well, you know what Fulton Sheen said this 60 years ago, send, you want your kids to lose the face, send them to a Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> he did. I'm just quoting him. But the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but it's not we don't just hand off the the eternal the education of the eternal soul to somebody else because nobody's going to do a better job than a parent so uh, if, if they weren't setting a good example now why are we surprised when the kids have left what what were what did you do in the interim period listen when they're between the ages of seven and sixteen prime time to form them in faith were you daily 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 forming them in faith knowingly intentionally and if not then nobody wants to accept responsibility for the fact that maybe they are partly responsible for the kids having left you know the kids send off the kids to some secular influences in the world well did you let did you give them a cell phone did you give them free access to a computer yeah did you put them in daycare because if you did what makes you think you should have a voice of authority over them now you already shuffled them off saying hey i have these uh, other uh, things in life that are more important than you that's why i'm shuffling you off to daycare wow uh, wow well, father um you have, you have um, I appreciate you coming on, on, on the show and talking to us because we still got some more time, but I just want to say um that um we love everything you're saying that you know you're not you're not being soft with us at all. You're not saying, Oh, you're, you're not giving us hugs, you're not telling us everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> I smile every now and then. <laughs> but yeah, we appreciate it. Wow. But um yeah, this this is good. Some 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 um some truth pills that you know it's, it's always good for us. Here, that's why we appreciate it. we love you so much. Um, let me I'm gonna get some of these questions. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, questions, guys. Let me, um, let me, let me got turn for one second because people are gonna kill me if I don't ask this question that I didn't get, okay. get you last time. Um, some people are asking, um, they go to church, right? They go to mass, and um, for whatever reason, under Paris, they are not allowed to receive. You know, they get a hard time by receiving on the tongue. And yeah. I'm asking, is it better just not to receive it all yeah. or to yeah. receive how they're being allowed to? Right. All right. So, first of all, the universal law of the church is that you can receive on the tongue. And no shepherd should try to deny you that, whether it's a bishop or a priest. They're not supposed to do that. It's the universal law. I can, because if they can do that, I can just say, well, if you're not. If you're going to stand up and try and grab and go, I'm not going to do that. Grab and go. Maybe on, on my case, if I said, I'm not going to give you communion unless you're kneeling and, and take it on the tongue. But, well, I would, the wrath of the wrath of hell itself would be coming down on me instantly. But the shoe, they're so hypocritical because the shoe doesn't, it's doesn't, it's what's good for the goose. It should be good for the gander, but it's not. So you have people out there refusing people to receive communion on the tongue. That's completely not allowed. So um, there, as I said, if you're looking for um, truth and being fed, then maybe it means that you have to drive 50 miles to receive from an FSSP parish because they're kind of independent. The Institute of Christ King, Sovereign High Priest, they're kind of independent of diocesan restrictions. The Shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe, they're kind of free of that. These, uh, I would. Listen, I would, I would find it, and if, if it means that much to receive the Holy Eucharist, I'll drive 50 miles to do it. I could, could people in, in underdeveloped countries do a lot worse than that to, just to get to Holy Mass on Sunday? So um, maybe that's what you have to do. If, and again, then you're voting with your feet in your pocketbook because you're, you're supporting that place that will give you our Lord on the tongue, which is the most reverent way. You know that the... So the so the, I guess, but the question is, well, I guess, well, what if we can't? Um, what if we can't go fifty miles? Was it better to receive on the tongue or on the hand? Um, yeah, my personal opinion is, I would only want to receive on the tongue hmm. because there's a great. Uh, not just because of me. I mean, I, my hands were consecrated so I can hold the host yeah. in my hands. Uh, I'm not, I would rather have, like say when I go up to communion when, there's, when I'm not celebrating and there's a whole bunch of us gathered out there. Um, I, think, I think they actually do put it in my hands, the priests that are distributing Holy Communion, but, then, but my hands are already consecrated. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I would not be... As a layperson, I don't. I would not be comfortable receiving in the hand. 
on the patent there's crumbs on your hands there's crumbs and to, if we believe it is what it is why would we even want to do that why would any shepherd want to do that because so you have to ask them do they really believe it is what it is because if it, if you did you would treat it differently so um that and, and, and on top of everything else, what kind of example are we setting for everybody else? This, this, the same objection goes to this, the same thing as the face mask. When we see little two-year-olds and, and six-year-olds running around all wearing their masks, even though one out of about a billion might actually die, uh, the percentage is so infinitesimal, it's just stupid. And in fact, we're damaging their ability for their body to develop resistance or whatever it is, uh, immunity, by putting masks on them in the first place. So um, it's the example we're setting. And what are we teaching everybody else by our example? We're teaching, oh, yeah, the government can tell us to wear a mask 24-7, driving alone in a car down the highway. Um, what, do we do? what are we teaching when we, when we receive in the hands? That it's okay. Listen, it's not okay. It's a bad idea. It was a bad idea when it first started. We knew it was a bad idea. Bernadine, who's a bad guy, a heretic with a seamless garment, He's the one that forced stuff that down our throats back in 76. And, and all he did was adopted the Protestant playbook, which 500 years ago, you read the book by Michael Davis, it's a really good book called uh, God, Cranmer's Godly Order. They, they adopted this playbook to destroy faith in the real presence. Communion yep. in the hand, that's how they're going to do it. And now what did, the, what did these people after Vatican II? It wasn't part of Vatican II. It's these bad guys after Vatican II that instituted this, including Bernadine. Uh, yep. Communion in the hand, that's an anathema. You, yeah. Oh, and, and okay, so the proof's in the pudding, right? When it, what, what percentage of non-belief in the real presence is now above 70%? At what percentage? When are the bishops going to start hearing this? That. When? It, when it hits 80? It's, I mean, that, that's, that, that's one of the most unbelievable things that I can't understand. That, that should have been like one of those wake-up calls that make you just completely convert. I mean, it could just completely change your life as a bishop. To know that you're that you're these people are under your care. These are your yeah. these are your sheep, and they yeah. don't believe the the fundamental the fundamental teaching of our faith. The one thing that makes us different than every other uh, Christ the one thing that we have that nobody else has. No one. But look at the same people. The same people just said, "Well, I just have a spiritual communion, just as good." There's an equivalency, right, to the spiritual communion. Right. No, there isn't. That's not what Jesus taught. No. Anybody get listen? Get, you, this is not rocket science. Yeah. There is a big difference between looking at a picture of something yeah. or a video and right. actually receiving it. You can't look at a picture of bread and get fed. You have to get the bread. Right. In this case, the bread of life. So, but if they don't believe in it so much, so that they are willing to deny people access to the Holy Eucharist, right? Yeah. Essentially saying it's not essential. Yeah. And despite despite everything Jesus said, despite Calvary, yeah. to say. It's not essential. Oh, again, you, you just look at the, the culture at the time Jesus did this, the sacrifice of the lambs. What was it? About a quarter million were sacrificed over the Passover each year. Yeah. And, and he said, this is my, the, I, behold the Lamb of God. That's what St. That's what John the Baptist said twice. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. Unless you eat my body, drink my blood. I'm the Passover, I'm the Passover lamb. Yeah. You have to eat my body or your all bets are off. Not Don't look at a picture of my body. Don't have nice thoughts about it. <laughs> Wow. How could they deny us that? How could they deny, how could any shepherd deny the people the Holy Eucharist or the Sacrament of Reconciliation you know, or the Sacrament of Anointing the Sick Before You Die? Yeah. How could they deny anybody that? Yeah. Oh, the souls that are falling into hell like, like snowflakes. Yeah, this is one of the biggest, the, the greatest. I think, it, I think you know, future historians and writers at Catholic Church, if we're still around 100, 200 years from now, I think they have to look back to 2020 and just they're going to have like five chapters, just scandal after scandal after scandal that happened this year. But Michelle, Michelle um, Verde, um, some people who may be listening to this, you know, may have voted for yeah. Biden, um, Harris. Um, and they're, they're, they may be saying that I that I that I commit a grave sin by voting for them. Yes, it did. Is that something that if, if someone if someone's conscience is awakening to that, is that something that they have to go to confession to bring to confession? I think there's there's an even greater duty besides just going to confession. 
you can be forgiven if you sincerely mean, yeah, I really, I made a mistake and I want to confess that. I mean, that's the whole point of confession. You're walking in there and you say, yes, I erred. And God will forgive everything always, right? If, so long as we say that. Right. That's a prerequisite. Um, so, but then what? Okay, so let's say, you know, in the old Jewish uh, tradition, that whole eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth thing, right? Okay, that really meant it mean that if if I poke out your eye that you get to poke out mine. No, what it meant was is your eye had value. And if you were like, or let's say it's your hand, you get your hand cut off. You were an artist and you could make fifty thousand a year being an artist, but I cut off your hand because I was an idiot. And and then you say, Okay, to make you whole, I have to make up for that by giving you reparations of fifty thousand a year. Right? But right. but it doesn't money isn't gonna help you because you're still missing your hand. <laughs> so <laughs> The same for drunk drivers. You can apologize till the cows come home, but you know what? The dead are still dead. And and it's not very often they come back to life until the end of time. So um, if you have contributed meaningfully, and voting is material cooperation, if you have materially cooperated with evil and now evil has taken hold, then what kind of reparation are you going to make mm-hmm. that makes up or tries to... You know, once that horse is out of the barn, hard to get it back in, man. What what reparation are you gonna do uh, to to fix to to make it the, make the situation to make reparate to heal the wound that you have caused? And and as I sit here, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you know. It's, I mean, you can be forgiven, but you know, there's that purgatory time that you want to kind of minimize by making up for it, repairing the damage you've done here now uh and maybe yeah yeah and I, th- I think i think a lot of people who i don't i don't know if, i don't know the number but i know you know definitely me in my own life who i was before christ and the things that i participated in um you know when i did come to christ i even though i was baptized and you know i knew everything was forgiven i knew i still felt uh, a duty to help you know what I, you know the things that was um things I participated in to help, you know, help people realize that that's evil. And so I think maybe the conscience and this Holy Spirit within you, I think it compels you. If you listen, it compels you to make those reparations. Can can I just say something about what you just said, which is profound. And and I don't think people get it. You do, obviously, because you just said it. You'll know if a person genuinely is sorrowful for their sin. If they are compelled, as you just said, somehow make reparations, you'll know that you, you are contrite. Yeah. And, and God's forgiveness makes you all the more sorrowful and contrite because you realize he's good and you weren't. Um, so when people say to me, it drives me crazy, but they say to me such stuff as, well, maybe Hitler repented before he died. You know, okay. Uh, was, what did Jacob... It's right out of the gospel. What did St. John the Baptist say to the scribes and Pharisees? Who told you to come to me for repent, for forgiveness, you brood of vipers? Yeah. Uh, show some proof of the, the fruits of your repentance. Show some proof. That's what I want to see. Uh, he said it much better than I just did. But that's exactly what he said. Show some evidence of the proof of your repentance. So, did Hitler show any evidence? Um, no, nah, there wasn't time between, you know, the done. There is no time for him to even say, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. All those people, I guess, Jews and Catholics alike. Very sorry. Uh, no. So you will you will know you're on the road back. Uh, you're back on the narrow road between the lines when you suddenly have contrition. I've done wrong. Even the prodigal son was a bit sorry. I mean, he was hungry. That's why he came back. But (laughs) it was imperfect contrition, but it was contrition nonetheless. So he realized that his error-filled way way of life was not good. So he came back. So uh, that's why what you said is so perfect because, yes, you will be compelled to try uh, to give your life out of love. See, because what happens when, remember Jesus forgave that woman who was like uh, crying on his feet, right? And he said, she has shown great love, therefore she is much forgiven. When we are forgiven, when we experience that forgiven forgiveness, that so deeply moves our heart and soul to love, to love, uh, that uh, 
We can't, we're compelled. We are compelled by God's love to be that loving healer to others, which means, of course, lead them in faith under persecution to the truth, which is Jesus. I think we so, see a lot of what that looks like when we just look at, like, look at Paul's life, right? I mean, Paul, huh? you know, once, once, he, once he turns, you know, he orients himself to, to Christ. I mean, his, his, I mean, he's his his life. Every moment of his life just seems to be he, he just the opposite of who he was before because he realizes yeah. the cost of his actions in, in his former life. Yeah. I mean, he was a man set on fire to just make amends. Yes, yeah, exactly, precisely. And look what he did. Look what he went through. I, I can't remember. I keep forgetting. I keep looking it up every time I forget. But I think it's in Second Corinthians. This is his laundry list of the sufferings he endured. Yeah. So. And he said, uh, and, and first, in Colossians chapter 1, he says, I rejoice in my suffering. So that's right. When, when people are concerned, like, well, what's going to happen with the darkness, the three days of darkness or something like that? And you heard me say earlier, well, so what? Well, how about if we not only just say, so what? Because sometimes you think, well, yeah, I'm not in a good mood today because you're persecuting me. How about we say, I'm going to rejoice in it? Because if nothing else, I'm making up for my own sinfulness in the past. Uh, we should be joyful that God gives us an opportunity to suffer. I'm, I'm fully expecting to get lots of suffering. Yeah. <laughs> we got um for wrapping up now. I want to get I want to get share this comment and I okay. want to end on one question. I don't know if you're gonna care for this one, but um, it's, I think she calls it the elephant in the room. So we get yeah, I know one. I saw that I saw that on the bottom <laughs> a little bit ago. But um, yeah. you know, Jill says um, at, at first you, um, father, you scared me. I think she's talking about your original video okay. yeah. um, that you shared. But then I realized that you paved the way for other yeah. good priests to be brave. And we all, we all thank you. So you know, all of us, we thank you. We love you for that. I mean, and I was on, I was on Grace Force a little bit after um, you were. I know. And we talked about um, Father Howman and uh, and um, uh, we we talked about that how how he thought a floodgate was going to open, you know, after your video. A floodgate didn't, it didn't open all the way, but so many other priests had came out after you. And um, we thank you so much for sort of for giving that leadership and inspiration. Uh, I, I've seen a lot more videos and you know, one of the, so I try to be philosophical about this, like what's God doing? And I've always said, well, I didn't seek the, I didn't seek notoriety and anonymity works, works okay for me. But, um, one of the things that happened, because I'm very much afraid of this, that, that people develop a cult of personality, like I'm so great because I'm not. I, I'm not great. I'm I, it's maybe the gravest sinner on, on this show right now. So um, I, I wouldn't want people to uh, ever think, oh, I'm so great as, as much as the truth spoken is what's really great. Yeah. And, and by the temporary, I say temporary because I keep trying to get over to a separate location to record some of the meditations uh, just separately outside the mass and not on church property. Um, what's happened is when all of a sudden these people who were suddenly saying, hey, you got to watch this guy, you got to watch these, whatever. All of a sudden I'm not there anymore. They then start looking elsewhere. And now they've discovered that I'm not alone. There are a bunch of us out there who are speaking the truth. So thank you, Lord, through the... Um, God can take something that's not a good decision, uh, and I would contend it wasn't uh, a properly a proper decision. But God took that and made good come out of it because now there's a lot more other people. They're not relying on me, which is a good thing because uh, I'm a sinner. So no, it's good. It's good news that um, the floodgates are open. So yeah. Uh, but as to um, so that answers. Uh, Jill. Oh, yeah. So here's the other one. Here's the but other then one. Then there's that uh, thing about the Yeah. Got some father. Please address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, always like that. Always like that. It was, the, it was a metaphor. The elephant. The elephant is so big. But I like when they say yeah. the, pink, the pink elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Let's say yeah. Oh, oh she oh. didn't put pink elephant down there. So, uh, no, that's kind of funny. Um, Pope Francis' ambiguity is this yeah. apostasy heresy, and yeah. who has the right to call it out? Yeah. Well, so I mean, the preface Melissa is talking about um, the video that came out. There was a documentary that came out, yeah. and there were yeah. some clips in there of Pope Francis talking about civil marriage, yeah. and he's also talking about um, uh, how he's a support of civil unions, and also the person who Pope Francis had called. There's a man who is in a who who's abused for yeah. a lot of his life um, by a yeah. priest down in um, Chile. And yeah. then Pope Francis tells him that 
um, your your um, God made you gay, all right? And so I thought I thought the biggest aspect of the whole civil union thing was not, not the civil. We 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 knew when he was Bergoglio, he's a cardinal. We knew where he he was at on civil unions. We knew that. Yeah. But I thought the the grave error in what he he really said was when he tells that man that what he has with the, another man and some children is a family. That's not a family. That's right. not the Catholic Church teaches a family. That's right. not the Christian family. Right. And I thought I thought that was the, the graver error versus this his opinion about what civil government should do. So, all right, well, let me just try and at least sort of address that elephant. (laughs) The dubia have already addressed. So one of the questions was, a subpart was, uh, whose responsibility is it? So over four years ago, I think, is it implicit clergy that has this, that like a timeline that keeps adding up how many days it's been since the dubia were presented that have just been completely ignored. No answers, right? Um, so what do you do when when the right people who can say, this is the question. So I was criticized recently where a priest said to me, well, why don't you just take on the um, approach of, uh, was it, was it the, uh, oh, it was of Cardinal Burke who, um, who was one of the four dubia cardinals? And I said, "Do you not?" So wait a second here. Do you think anybody like us that knows better doesn't understand what those dubia said? Which is, you are spreading bad information, Francis. And you better answer these questions because you have you have created confusion in the minds of the faithful all around the globe. That you better clear clear it up. It was as you can't, apart from, you know, if I use language that I used to use in the hockey locker room, if I use that kind of language, it would say the exact same thing in that context. That's exactly what those Cardinals were saying is you're an error and you better straighten this up. So now for the rest of us, what do we do when we see the elephant? What I am sick and tired of, and, and not just me, because every comment I ever get is sick and tired of it too, is this saying something. And then coming back later and saying, well, that's not really, really meant or, or that's no, that's taken out of context or they edited it this certain way or something. Listen, the very fact that somebody even has to go about explaining that it was a bad edit, because yeah. you don't have to edit what I'm saying because I'm crystal clear about it. Right. So, uh, the, um, or if, or if something is poorly edited, I would be the first to come. Listen, you know, better than this. This is the teaching that is true. And they edited it badly to confuse you, but I'm, I'm reasserting now to the whole world, this is true. That's not what's happened. It's never happened. We keep getting these confusing things. And, you know, once, twice, three times, half a dozen times, a dozen, it gets, it gets old. Um, so uh, here's what we have. We have 2,000 years of unchanged, unchangeable truth. We have the church fathers. Got, reading a whole bunch of them in this past Sunday's homily. If you look at the church fathers, if you look at the truth, up until 1965, there was no confusion about this. You had your occasional heretic, but that was dealt with. Um, so so there, should be, there should not be an elephant in the room. And if there's an elephant, then it's up to the shepherds of the church to address the elephant, and they're not doing it because some of them are of the same elephantness. <laughs> That's really what it is. Pagley is head of where he is because he's of the same elephantness. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 I just it's, made that up, by the way. I've never heard it. Twice that was pretty time. good. You should hold on to that. <laughs> good, but yeah, you know, you know, the, 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 you know, there's these terms such as um, man, mansplaining. Um, there's um, there's libsplaining, but you know, there's also a whole different industry called um, Francisplaining. You know, we always, we always have to. Blame what Pope Francis. I mean, it's it, it, that, that that should be that shouldn't be the case. That no, it should be. not be the case. Once you put on the white cassock, like Paul VI said, there's there's no room for having to explain anything. The yeah, there's no there is. If you were concerned about eternal souls, you'd be so extra more careful in your position. Like what I could say to my parish here, who's you know faithful. They've I've taught them for years. They can take the meat and potatoes. I can give them the meat and potatoes, right? Mm-hmm. 
but there's there's no margin for error when you're confusing people and and, and, and like i said it's happened so many times this, yeah. yeah this it just doesn't end like yeah, you know, it's like in the first in the first couple of years, you know, I, you know, I want to give you know him the benefit of the doubt and say, yeah, you know, yada yada yada. Maybe he's you know, yada, yada. but you know, as you said, year after year after year after year, it's um, you know, there's a pattern. You know, you're you're a lawyer. After a while, it's called a pattern of criminal activity or something like that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. ten years Fed time. You know, yeah. Um, right. my, my previous life, I was charged with that, so I understand. <laughs> pattern of corrupt activity so yeah but father alman thanks so much for coming on the show we appreciate you for doing this q a and um and as one of the one of the viewers um had commented thank you for being tough on us um i think a lot of us are are walking away with this to think about how we can do better with our children how we can do better as parents how we, we can do better as children of god and um so as as we depart, can you give us uh, can you can you um, give us um, a final blessing? Sure, sure. Well, okay. Let us pray in nomine Pontius Ephesians, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send down upon us grace like dewfall. Inspire us with the example we have in the Holy Family, man, woman, and child. Inspire us with the sacrifices made in that family. For all three made sacrifices. Joseph made sacrifice when he married Mary. Mary made sacrifices by bringing up her son, going off to Egypt, uh, watching him die on the cross. And of course, the sacrifice of all sacrifices, Jesus, our Lord, offered up himself in sacrifice for us. May we be inspired by the Holy Family to actually be holy in our family. And no matter what shortcomings we've had thus far, we know you forgive everything always. If we just turn to you and say, I'm sorry, forgive us our trespasses and all the things we've done and failed to do in our own family life. Let us now, from this day forward, be witnesses of our faith in the Holy Family and in your Son. And the answer this grace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thanks again for that, man. You're welcome. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye.